From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. Hey, what's going on? Welcome in. It's another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything in Districts 5 and 6 each and every week. Brandon Bainey, as always, joined by Lance Taylor. And Lance, you're on you're on the road this week. You are coming to us from uh, a different location. Before, Yeah, we- well, I've been in Phoenix all week, and now I'm in St. George on my way back, <clears throat> visiting Boy. my father. What a, t- what a tough life you've got, Arizona and St. George. Wow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey, um, the hot to not quite as hot. But right. Still hot. Yeah. Meanwhile, up here, it's still below freezing. Well, not. Yeah. Below freezing at night, below 30 degrees. So, yeah. Uh, all right. The East Idaho prep cast on IdahoSports.com is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. That, uh, that Pure Adrenaline logo on your hat is almost on a parallel line with the logo we've got on the top corner of the it screen. Is, it is. If I go that way and look yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looks good. Looks really good. Yeah, hey. I hooked you up with glasses. Now I got to hook you up with a hat. Yeah, no doubt. And I need it uh, this time of year when I go out in the sun. My my dome is pretty exposed. Gets sunburned a lot if I'm not careful. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, a, a nice a nice razor will just take the rest of that off, and then what you're doing is you're just, uh, you know, you're just matching the back to the front. I'm I'm leaning all the way in at that point, so <laughs> I'm not quite I'm not quite ready to dive into the deep end yet. So, well, you're you're really going to need one of these hats if that happens. But I'll get you. I'll hook you up. No doubt. I'll hook awesome. you up for the people out there. You can grab any of your pure adrenaline motorsports gear. You can, of course, get it online at, at uh, now we've, our website's changed to pamgear.com. That's pamgear.com. You can pick it up at, at uh, numerous different locations. And of course, the glasses, you can get at all your good to go stores around uh, Southeast Idaho as well. You can also get it at Bill's Bike and Run, uh, Ron's Tire, and Idaho Falls. Anyway, <laughs> got a lot of good stuff. I was just down doing that kind of stuff in. Uh, in Phoenix, just got set up with the uh, nation's largest motocross dealer in the country. So, wow, that's awesome! Fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You a business trip for sure. You're enjoying the nice weather, but still getting a lot done at the same time. So, uh, as we are in the spring sports season here on the East Idaho Prepcast, IdahoSports.com, we talked about this where we're going to try and just uh, you know pick a couple of topics to talk about each week because there's so much going on. There's just no way that we're going to be able to hit everything. And you know, we we want to hear from the viewers slash listeners as well. You know, if there's a topic or a team or a player uh, that you want us to talk about that you think isn't getting uh, that exposure and the coverage they deserve, send me an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com. And that's exactly what we're going to do this week, Lance. I got an email from uh, from a listener and they said, uh, could you break down Highland, specifically the Highland baseball and softball teams? Because, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, some of the baseball teams from District 6 here in the early going, but we haven't talked too much about what's going on in District 5 yet. So I thought this would be a nice breakdown this week. It's going to be kind of a Highland Ram flavored uh, prep cast. That sound okay? Yeah. In fact, you know, there's also a Highland in Utah. They are the Highland yes. Rams, and they are the same colors as well. And they, uh, by the way, have played each other on several different occasions, I believe, in uh, football and possibly some other sports too. 
Yeah, it it uh, it always gets super confusing uh, because I'll click on something Highland Rams and then I realize it's the one in Utah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's, just, right. that's right. That's in Salt Lake City, right? It is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Sugar House area, but yeah, Salt Lake Valley. Right. So, yeah. So let's start with the Highland softball team uh, because they are the team that's actually higher in their league standings than the baseball team. The baseball team at Highland has a better overall record, but the Highland softball team has a better conference record so the rams as it sits right now are three and five overall but they have played a pretty tough schedule you know they've played uh Hawaii and rocky mountain two pretty good programs over in the boise area yeah um, but well they got into- those double headers they played against them were also on the road yeah yes road, at Hawaii at rocky mountain yes and and then as they've gotten into conference play as well so they're three and five overall but that's deceiving they're two and one in the league their lone loss actually came to thunder ridge by a single run 15 to 14 so so they're a run i mean they're two runs away from being three and oh in the conference and tied with rigby atop the standings the trojans are three and oh in the league seven and four and one overall but this is a highland team that got the state last year and and then went out pretty quickly, but they return a lot of those key pieces uh, to this year's team, including Marissa Mauger, who's a great pitcher and a good batter as well. So this is a Highland team that's coming into the season now, and as now we're in the conference play, that they they've got expectations to get back to state. Yeah, they do, and they should get back there. And this is the thing, you know, even though they were quickly out at state last year, one thing about high school sports is every hand, or I mean, every year you're you're dealt you're dealt a different hand. For these guys, they got a lot of that hand back, and because of that, they carry that experience throughout this season. I mean, they got the four zero win over over Madison, uh, and then beat them fourteen to nine as well. You know, this is a Highland team that that. Uh, the expectations are not only amongst themselves to go and do well, but a lot of people feel that they will do well in the postseason this year. Yeah. And we talked about Mogger kind of leading the way in terms of uh, pitching. You know, she is the Rams uh, ace in the circle, uh, but they, they've got other players they're relying on this year as well. Uh, Mogger right now, a 581 ERA, um, but, Again, pretty tough competition, especially yeah. the teams over in the Boise area. And then when you look at the offensive statistics, Jenna Kearns, who's a great junior catcher, is kind of leading the team in all of the big offensive categories. Yeah. Six, 686 batting average. Uh, she's uh, crushed six home runs already this year. She she had a couple of big blasts against Rocky Mountain and Hawaii a couple weeks ago and 14 RBIs as well. So that when your pitcher and catcher are in sync and kind of leading the charge, that's a good foundation to start. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. I mean, those are such important positions. You know, I mean, when you look at, at uh, well, of course, we'll talk about baseball, baseball a little bit later, but, but uh, you know, softball, um, you know, it's a it, it's a different game. The ball's coming at a different angle from instead of from top to bottom, it's bottom to top. You know, when pitchers are throwing it, it's uh, it's just a, it's it's a different look. And you get some good pitchers out there, and it's amazing what it will do for your game. Yeah, it's it's been pretty fun to to watch. And so Highland, you know, specifically that that second Rocky Mountain. And so again, we talked about. You know, they got swept by Hawaii and Rocky, but uh, pretty competitive games, especially against Rocky Mountain. I mean, they lost the first game 15 to 14, again, losing by one run. The second game, Highland actually had the lead going into the final inning, and Rocky Mountain scored, I believe it was six times 
to uh, win 22 to 17. I mean, that's just a heartbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a game where you've been able to put that many runs up on the board. I mean, I think if you talk to any of the players and any of the coaches and you say, hey, we're going to score 17 runs today, not knowing what the other team's going to do. Uh, you're you're going to say, well, that's a, that's a victory. We're going to come out with a victory in that game. You know, 17 runs is a lot of, lot of points to put up on the board. And I mean, not only that, they put up 14 runs against Madison, 14 against Thunder Ridge, 14 against uh, uh, Rocky Mountain, uh, 12 against Hawaii the first time. I mean, this is a team that can, that can cross the plate. Definitely. So we talked about Jenna Kearns, uh, the junior catcher for Highland. She also plays volleyball and she's an excellent volleyball player we didn't talk about her enough during uh this past volleyball season she was ranked uh nationally a couple of times and and yeah. received some national awards from max preps throughout the season uh last yeah, year she there had were a players that got overlooked a little bit you know you had that that great skyview team you had that great sugar salem team that really kind of took the volleyball attention this year uh and 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 there were some players that were overlooked you know some of that's on us <laughs> you know yeah, right uh, to get them, but we tend to spend a little bit more time on the teams as a whole uh, during that time of year. But you're, you're you're absolutely right; she is worthy of that uh, recognition, no question about it. Definitely. And uh, last year, Jenna Kearns had ten home runs total. She's already at six this year, and we've still got half a season to go. And she really came through when it mattered most in the district tournament against Thunder Ridge. She hit two home runs to knock out the Titans and uh, get Highland uh, that, that district title. So yeah. as we as we look ahead at what's coming up for, for Highland, and they just had a big sweep yesterday, actually, of Madison. They won 4 nothing and 14-9. to Next Tuesday, they'll be at Idaho Falls, and then they've got two big games with Rigby that'll take place at Highland. And that is that is the top team in the standings right now. So if Highland uh, wants to prove that they are once again the team to beat in this league, they're going to have to beat Rigby next week. Yeah, well, I, I think that is I think that's massive for them. Of course, as far as conference goes, you've got to take care of those games. Uh, Idaho Falls a conference opponent as well, but you know they've got a couple uh, games that they're going to spend down at the Cache Valley Invitational as well. They're going to see some very good teams from down in Utah and some from some other states as well, and that gives you. I, I mean, I look at that. You know, coming up towards the end of the season, you know, they're doing that in late April, and that gives you an opportunity to even improve more and gain some more confidence uh, going into your uh, into the end of conference and into the state playoffs. Definitely. That, that is a, a tournament where if they can get some confidence down and, you know, get some mojo going, I, I agree. I think that could be uh, really outstanding. Um, Highland is also working in a, a brand new coach this year, brand new uh, head coach. Uh, Tisha Coverdell had been the, the previous coach for a really long time and, and she retired after this past season. And so yeah. uh, a new coach in Ralph Daniels. And that's always tough, too, when High when Highland's breaking in a new coach. Yeah, that, that, that is, you know, a new system, um, you know, may, maybe not quite as drastic uh, as it is in some of the other sports where there's a little more movement. But I'll tell you what, they end up changing kids' positions. You know, kids under one coach might play, play a certain position under another, might play a different one, you know, and, and, it, and it always just changes things up a little bit. Definitely. And, and, and that's, you know, there's a lot of softball teams, uh, softball and baseball seem to have a high turnover amongst the coaching ranks so yeah, coaching for three, four years. And then they're, they're moving on to something else. And we're going to, we're going to talk about 
the coaching carousel at the very end of this prep cast today as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got some thoughts on that. Um, okay. So that, so that's Highland softball. They're, you know, three and five overall, and that's not going to blow you away, but you got to look below that overall record and, and see that, okay, they're still doing pretty well in their conference and they are right in the mix uh, with Mauger and Kearns leading the way. Now let's talk Highland baseball because they have a pretty solid overall record. You know, when you break this thing down, yeah. they're 10 and four. However, one and two in conference play. And so for Highland, it's kind of the opposite of the softball team where they've gotten a lot of nice wins out of conference, but inside the conference, they just got swept by Madison. Well, they, they lost two of three to Madison. They play a doubleheader and then they play a single game. So that's really put them in an early hole. Well, one of the challenges they're looking at as well is, 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 is they, they've only got two wins over five, eight teams. Uh, as you go in, you know, they got that one win over Eagle. Uh, also, they, they picked up a nice win over Madison. Madison got a very good team this year. But you look at, at uh, you know, their other wins. They came against good teams, but not against 5A competition. You know, it's Pocatello, Skyline, Century, Preston. Uh, and so, you know, those those uh, are are things they're going to have to take care of. And pardon me, there, there's actually three 5A wins on their schedule. They picked up one against Centennial, or they scored 20 runs as well but you got to start uh, out by beating the teams in your conference you know they got a big one coming up against rigby uh, again a double header and a single uh and then followed by thunder ridge so uh highland's got to step up and uh and take care of that you know and highland has traditionally had good had good baseball players that have come through that system they've had good teams Definitely. Uh, they got to state last year along with Idaho Falls. And again, the Tigers are just such a good program sure. year in, year out. They're leading the way uh, five and one already in league play. They've, they've already played six league games. Now they're just seven and six overall, but Tigers taking care of it where it counts within the conference. So, yeah, yeah, they certainly are. Uh, when you look at this Highland baseball team and you take a look at some of the statistical leaders, you know, right away, Gunnar Wilhelm Jr. jumps out to me, a 622 batting average. Uh, he's got 29 RBIs, 13 runs scored. I mean, a 622 batting average is pretty good. And, and it's not like he's like, you know, five for seven. No, he's he's had 45 at bats, 49 plate appearances. That's yeah. a gaudy batting average. That is a killer batting average. That's one little gets some college scouts looking your direction for sure. You know, when you have an average like that, uh, because college scouts look over and say, Hey, that's, that's still, you know, at the college level that might very well translate over to a 300 plus average. Uh, yeah. as well, so, so certainly they're going to, uh, uh, they're going to look at that. That's, that is a, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal average. And I, I, I think Highland ends up, uh, just fine. You know, this season, they've had some of these losses, you know, uh, against Lewiston, Rocky Mountain, uh, you know, the couple losses against a very good Madison team. And of course, that's a conference team as well. But but I, I think I think Highland's going to end up OK, you know, and baseball tends to be the kind of unsung sport uh, in Idaho because it's not an Idaho High School Activities Association sanctioned sport, um, which, uh, you know, makes that you know, so on, on a lot of people, they don't put it as much on their radar. It's not something they can get information on the IHSAA site. Uh, however, it, it has given Idaho sports some good opportunities to be able to cover those uh, live events uh, video as well. Yes, uh, it's it's been our pleasure to broadcast state baseball tournaments across the state uh, every single year, every single pitch. 
Um, so Highland Gunner Wilhelm leads the way batting wise. Uh, the leader on the pitching staff, you know, it's kind of been a couple of different guys. Wilhelm pitches. Drew Hymas has done pretty well. He's two and zero with a two eighty ERA. Of course, the big question for Highland is how do you replace a kid like Jackson Christensen, who was the unquestioned ace of the staff last year? He's now at the College of Southern Idaho. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things too, as, as you look at it, Brandon, is you you have to have a committee of pitchers on your team. You know, you, you, you cannot be, and that's, that's the one position more than anything in baseball uh, that you cannot just have one good guy and everybody else just be average to be low average. You've got to, you, you've got to have a group of people in your bullpen, people that can, uh, that, that can come out and make a difference. Otherwise you have that single up game with two or three down games, uh, you know, before another up. And uh, I, I think Highland is, is pretty bright in that spot this year. Uh, again, I, I think we're going to see some kids that are different by the end of the season than they were at the first of the season. Uh, but, but Highland's got a pretty decent uh, group of pitchers. Yeah, when you look at the innings pitched, I mean, they've kind of got a top four here. Uh, Tolman, 18 and two-thirds. Colton Snedden, 14 and a third. Yeah. Eddington 13 and Hymas with 10. So that's a good – if they can just get those ERAs a little lower – um, yeah, Eddington with a microscopic .54 ERA, and Hyme yeah. is pretty good at 280, and Snedden at 391. If Tolman can bring his down a run or two, uh, I agree. I think Highland's got really decent pitching. And then uh, just like the softball team, where Jenna Kearns is the catcher, her brother Aaron Kearns is the starting catcher for yeah. Highland's baseball team. So how about that? Two catchers in the family. That's pretty cool. Well, it is. The rumor is that he can get it from home to second pretty dang quick. <laughs> yeah, which is a good one. I mean, that's uh, you know, you got a guy, you got to have a guy that can throw that over the middle. Uh, and uh, you know, I, again, I think Highland is poised uh, to be able to do what they need to do. Uh, you, you know, you talked about the ERA on there; they do need to bring that down. Uh, I think they've only got like four games where they've they've held teams, and maybe five games where they where they've held team in sing, single digits. Uh, they've got to get that ERA down, but, but we also know they can put runs on the board. I mean, they've put up, you know, seven, 19, 10, 10, 14, 20, nine, 15. I mean, they can put some runs up, up on the board, but uh, they've got to get, a, get those ERAs down a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good formula for success for Highland. I think And uh, yeah. Kearns, Kearns at catcher also has been atop the max preps. Uh, leaderboard in terms of fielding percentage yeah. uh, for a good chunk of the season as well. So if, if we look at this Highland team, yeah, they're one and two in conference, but the good news is, is they've still got tons of conference games still to come. You basically play everybody three times. So they're done with yeah, Madison. Right. They've still got Rigby, Thunder Ridge and Idaho Falls. So if Highland, right. if Highland can catch lightning here, they could run the table. Yeah. And they've got a match with twin falls in between there as well. You know, but but it is. I mean, if, and I think you said it right. If Highland catches fire, uh, uh, Highland can run this table potentially, and uh, you know, finish out the season exactly where they want to be. Now it, that won't be easy. I, I made it sound so simple, but um, Idaho Falls especially looks very tough again this year. Thunder Ridge, kind of hard to tell. Sometimes they look good, sometimes they don't. And Rigby's really struggling. They're zero and three in the league, three and seven overall. So. Uh, we will just have to wait and see. The, the well, big. Then you start looking at the eastern part of the state, or pardon me, the western part of the state. You know, uh, teams that you know what. One of the things you run into in the east is you you tend on most seasons 
to seems like you have three, four or five games early on in the season that end up getting canceled because of weather that, that they usually don't run into, at least not at the same rate out in, uh, out in Western, uh, you know, part of the state, get out to Boise and beyond. And, and I think, uh, uh, I think this has been a good year for these uh, Eastern teams to get some reps in. They haven't had the cancellations uh, on slot as they've had, uh, you know, in some of the other years. And so I think we're seeing some, some better play at this point of the season than we have as well in others. Yeah, it's a fair point. Like when you look at softball, Highland as a softball team has played eight games so far. Idaho Falls has played seven. And you look yeah. at the teams over in Boise, you know, they've played 12 and some have played 14 that's games. Right. You're, you're talking that's about right. double double uh, the amount of games. So yeah. that that's a big factor uh, to consider as well. And then, you know, when we talk about baseball in Pocatello, um, right away i always think of hallowell park right it's such a great facility they've got they used to have minor league baseball there they have the uh the gate city grays that play there now and but here's the deal it's a it's a shared facility almost like how for so long the three football teams from low century and highland all shared holt arena all three baseball teams share hallowell park which makes scheduling kind of tricky sometimes yeah but i'll tell you what if you're a baseball junkie from a fan perspective, you can almost just set up a tent there and just stay, and there's going to be something going on most days. <laughs> right. So to give you an idea of some of the challenges that a school at Highland is facing, and uh, the schools in, in Idaho Falls might be in a similar boat, although I will say it is nice for Skyline in Idaho Falls to be able to use Melaleuca Field, the uh, yeah. the minor league yeah, ballpark. That's that's a pretty it's a pretty good ace up your sleeve. It, uh, it is actually called the three A state championships there uh, the the year before the COVID cancellations. I wish they would host more stuff for state. Uh, all this all the state tournaments this year are going to be in the Boise area. Yep, they, they are. In fact, I'll I'll give you just a just a little bit of insight on on that particular year. One of the things that that we did, uh, well, the three A was held there that year. It was Lauren Jensen and myself that covered that for IdahoSports.com and. Everybody in the state was saying, oh, we don't want to play down at Melaleuca because there's just so much rain, so much wind that year. We are the only facility that year, Melaleuca was, that didn't have rain-out games during the state mm. tournament. So we we hosted every single game. It drizzled one of the games, but the weather could not have been better. And uh, tournaments were getting, uh, you know, th- there were a number of the of the uh, school size tournaments that that ended up canceling, like their consolations uh, and those games, in order just to get the field uh, as dry as they could for the championship games. So, Melaleuca, uh, that is a great facility. Too bad they're not hosting there this year. I know it's it's a big bummer. So. Uh, the, the, the email we got from, from this Highland, uh, baseball, softball fan, uh, wanted us to talk a little bit about the facilities or lack thereof that Highland runs into. Uh, uh, she said they don't have an indoor training facility. They practice in the gym or a converted racquetball court. And they have to split that time with the softball team because the softball right. team is, you know, running into the same thing. Uh, she said they scrounge out cages to hit and places to throw or or get some generous help with the use of someone's backyard, <laughs> yeah. you know, a de facto facility. Yeah. Um, you know, she said the Highland weight room uh, gets overcrowded. You know, it, it, there's a lot of athletes at Highland. The school in general uh, had been a little overcrowded in recent years. Uh, she said salvage turf, used equipment, small confined space. They find a way. It's definitely a far cry from the deluxe facilities we see in other areas. I think she's probably yeah. talking about Boise specifically. Um, sure. And for Hallowell Field, 
it's been there a long time. It's it's a great ballpark, like we said, but uh, with that, the older ballparks sometimes um, can feel a little crowded, aren't yeah. as nice as like, like for example, a Melaleuca field. Right? Sure. Well, and then, and, and really what they're running into is something that is, uh, I don't want to say epidemic, but it's something that, that a lot of schools, particularly in Eastern Idaho, you know, run, run into, uh, you know, having to use gym early on in the season, you know, and stuff just to get practices in tryouts are oftentimes taking place in a gym. Uh, you know, I mean, and you know, you look at a place like Teton high school where the snow is the last, that's the last place the snow leaves each year, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they have, they have to play their first number of games on the road in order to, <laughs> you know, get, get out of the snow and have a place to play. I know Sugar Salem runs into it. I know, uh, you know, traditionally M- Madison has had some challenges with that as well. Of course, Madison's got an indoor facility, you know, now with the, uh, uh, you know, with the tennis courts and, and that half football field that they can do some indoor stuff. But but that that, that is a challenge that East Idaho teams run into, you know, and, and it's hard because unless you get like a booster that steps up and builds you an indoor practice facility, uh, something like that, um, which which happens in places, you know, there, there, there's places, you know, you go down to Salt Lake Valley and there's a lot of private facilities that that uh, these high schools we use that dang there have a full baseball field inside, you know, and stuff uh, that we just don't have here in Southeast Idaho. Yeah, you mentioned that new beautiful facility that Madison has and that uh, they had the the official opening of it last season and that yeah. came about because of some donations. Yeah. The hard part with Pocatello is the school district, it encompasses the three high schools. And That's so right. it's very hard to get those big yeah. donation type projects passed through because they don't want one school yeah, you know, having all the nice amenities and the other two being kind of neglected. Well, that's that's right. I mean, and as far as yeah, I mean, there's only so much money to go around too. That's district money, so you got you have to rely on on private donations and and different things like that. You know, and since sometimes places can get those, and sometimes they struggle to get them. And uh, I, I I think Highland just might be in that boat, you know, right now. But uh, you know, you never know. There's always fundraisers and other things out there that potentially could be done. But but uh, you know, the fan who who wrote in was right on point with that. You know, there are some challenges with that, and they're not insignificant challenges. They are significant challenges because they can put a team back on their heels and kind of behind the eight ball, so to speak, uh, early on in the season against teams that are able to get out there and get the reps in that they need. Definitely, you know, in terms of like booster clubs. I don't know that there's one better than Highland. They call them the Ram Rodders, and they yeah. are they're awesome. They step up in so many yeah. fantastic ways. And if it were up to the Ram Rodders, Highland would have all these nice facilities yeah. and all these amenities. Yeah. But there's so much bureaucracy they've got to go yeah. through, and it's just yeah. impossible. Yeah, it's a if there's one team in a district, that's one thing. You know, they'll accept right. any of the booster money they can. You know, to right. help raise, raise things. But when there are three teams, it's like, well, what advantage does this give the other teams in our con? Or I mean, that are within our school district. So yeah, there's definitely some challenges. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we we that's uh, we wanted to shine the spotlight on Highland a little bit. They kind of get forgotten about sometimes, especially being the only. 5A team in District 5 as well. They can kind of get over. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Can get overshadowed sometimes by those Idaho Falls schools. So Highland baseball and softball still have plenty of road in front of them. And both teams got the state last year. We could definitely see something like that again this year. And again, uh, big thanks to the Highland fan who wrote in and asked us to talk about about it a little bit. You know, at the very end of her email, she also said, you know, this is non-Highland, but Blackfoot had a uh, softball player last week against Skyline, and she hit a grand slam to send the game into a walk-off, basically by the 10-run rule. 
Yeah. And this was her first ever home run that that went outside the park. And so that's awesome. Junior outfielder uh, Asia Martinez for Blackfoot. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And again, those are the things that we aren't always aware of. So if there are cool stories like that that are out there that you want us to talk about again, just send me an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com. Keep them coming. Uh, we, we love to talk about uh, our local teams and, and athletes and players. We just can't get to everybody every single week. So uh, before we duck out of here, Lance, the other big news this week uh, out of East Idaho was, uh, you know, it's that time of year where uh, the coaching carousel kind of gets up and going and uh, Snake Rivers football coach Jeb Harrison uh, turned in his resignation. Now, the way it was worded was, he said, I was asked to resign. And that that always, you know, can be contentious. Um, sounds like it wasn't his choice. And it was basically, it sounded like uh, you resign or we're just not going to renew your, your contract. Yeah. yeah. And a little behind the scenes uh, for these coaches, they they have a one-year contract every year, basically. And you get yeah, to the end of the year. school year. You get to the end it's of the school year. year. I mean, I mean we've, you know, we've seen it where coaches have, won a state championship and after the next year they struggle and get asked to leave, <laughs> you know, makes it hard sometimes to build a program that way. You know, I oftentimes think back of uh, the great John Wooden and what he did at UCLA. Well, people don't realize it took him five years to have a winning season yes. there. You know, in, in, in today's ball game, we had never heard of John Wooden uh, because that, you know, they, they never would have uh, stuck with him during that, that, uh, period of time and uh, you know well you know the rest for him was is history and i think anybody would give up those first five years of building that program in order to have the history that followed yeah for sure and so again we don't know what is going on with that snake yeah. river football it could could be a personality thing it could be uh didn't like the way you know he was interacting with the players or it could be you know it just wasn't winning enough which again i i find that hard to believe he got snake river to the playoffs five of the six years he was the football coach there now the problem is is snake river is is used to a certain standard with tom harrison that's jeb's father who coached at snake river for a long time tom won another championship this year with weezer yes he's he that's now the 11th state championship in tom harrison's career he he is the vince lombardi of high school football i believe nine of those came at snake river Yes. So, so, so Snake, Snake River is not just good enough to make it to the playoffs. You've got to be contending for a state championship, or at least in that pitcher for a state championship during those runs to the state playoffs as well. Now, I will say this: if if that if that is the basis, just you know, not winning enough. Be careful what you wish for, because you there's no guarantee that the next That's guy fine. that comes in is going to be able to do what jeb harrison did that that's the risk that well no one who's come in after him has been able to do what he did so right uh, it's uh yeah that that's always a challenge that's that's always a challenge we you know the 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 saying has always been that you never want to be the guy that follows the legend you want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed the legend <laughs> because it's the guy that followed the legend that usually gets ousted and then the next guy comes in and and then people can say, okay, now we can have some patience, you know, but it, it's, uh, it is interesting. You know, uh, we see it at the pro level, we see it at the college level, but, but it has come down to the high school level as well. And I just, there's, there's a lot of burnout in coaching right now. A lot of good coaches are getting burned out by a lot of behind the scenes oh, stuff yeah. that has it, nothing yeah. to do with the sport they're coaching. Yeah, and that's right. Parents, number one. 
That's the number one reason is parents. Administrators, uh, you know, can uh, can cause an issue. Well, and, and really, when you look at the most successful teams in the state, you'll find usually uh, better than average parents to deal with and usually uh, fantastic administrators who stand behind coaches. And so, yes. And, and you got to have consistency. Um, yeah. That's the other thing too. If you're turning over coaches all the time, it's, it's almost impossible to build something up. And um, with, with the, so many good coaches getting out of the biz, so to speak, yeah. um, if you've got a good one, you know, I think you're more yes. inclined to hang on to him. but well, you know, I look at Bob Coombs uh, also at snake river, you know, what a fantastic job he's done in basketball over these, gee, just shy of 30 years. I think, you know, had got his 500th win this season. Well, he, he hasn't had, great teams every single year, but he's had consistency because they've stayed with him. And, and even teams that, that they've had, maybe that were not quite as talented as other teams, they, they've still been competitive, you know, because it, he's such a, a good coach and so consistent in what he does. And, and, and I think that right there is a sign that, that, Hey, you know, the, you're going to be dealt different hands. Sometimes you're tall, sometimes you're short, sometimes you're fast, sometimes you're slow. Uh, but if there's some consistency there, you're going to have more success than not. And it is tough when you're changing coaches a lot to have consistency. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing a, an official shortage, referee shortage, a coach shortage. And to me, it all comes back to the common theme of the parents. Most parents, it's just like anything in society. 95% of the parents are awesome. Yep. It's, it's that other 5% that just ruin it for everybody. That's the 5% take up 95% of the time. And they're yeah. the ones that... Uh, should probably be given the least amount of time. I'm just yes. speaking that from an honest point of view. Yeah, I, I, th I think there needs to be some inward reflection uh, with some. and Because yeah, most are very good. Like you said, 95% yes. of parents, awesome. They're supportive. Not that they never get frustrated or things like that, but they're supportive. They do things the right way. Uh, but then you do get that uh, that handful, that small percentage, and they are a vocal minority, you know, and uh, they really raise havoc for a lot of people. Yep. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on other coaching developments and hopefully the carousel is not too crazy this off season, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's edition of the East Idaho Prepcast. Got a little softball, got a little baseball, got a little uh, football coaching in and uh, we're, we're now turning the page. We're into April. We've got uh, some big tennis, you know, competitions coming up this month. We've got uh, Lance. I'm pretty excited about this. Idahosports.com is going to be broadcasting the direct com Invitational at uh, Idaho State Univ University's Davis Field. There's going to be 31 yeah. teams at this track meet. It's officially being hosted by Rockland, and yeah. that is going to be on Friday, April 22nd. It's going to be so awesome. Well, Rockland doesn't have as many kids in their in their school. In fact, they don't even have as many people in their town as the number of kids that will show up to compete in this event. So good, good for Rockland. Uh, uh, to, to that Davis field is a beautiful track facility, by the way, beautiful. It's also their soccer facility, uh, years and years and years ago before the dome, it was their football facility too, but it's pretty much a dedicated track soccer facility now. And it's a, it's a great place to compete. Yeah. So mark that on your calendars, Friday, April 22nd, idahosports.com. We'll have live coverage of the, uh, direct com invitational track and field meet in Pocatello. Lance, you, you and I are going to be there for that. We will. We'll be there. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we still got a couple of weeks to go before then. So uh, we'll, I'll let you get back to enjoying your family time. Thank you for we'll squeezing us in. We appreciate it. So uh, thanks for guys. Yes. Pamgear.com. Pamgear.com. That's right. Pam, 
pamgear.com for pure adrenaline motorsports your source for pulse padding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast for lance taylor i'm brandon bainey we'll see you next time on the east idaho prepcast on idahosports.com